Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Best of Five. I'm back. I took, back. I took a week I'm off. Glad you're back. I, I like when the logo <laughs> goes away and I don't have to say anything. It's a really comforting feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like you, you, you hold back your words on the show, though. No, but I like being able to react like a hawk. I don't want to have to actually think of anything in advance. I often think of you as a as a hawk in general. Like, yeah. Uh, it's the hair, I think, is what's doing it. It looks nice to sleek back. Um, today in the show, I'm going to remember how to do this. We're going to talk. It's, been, it's kind of a light week, to be honest. So we have some topics here, but unfortunately, we're going to have to dip our toe into the drama well. And into Smash. <laughs> and both at the same time, in fact. It's basically the same thing. Very excited for this is none other than John Velociraptor Guerrero. Off camera, he was just applauding. There he is. Can't wait. Um, that's not obviously the only topic. Um, John is also going to do his share of talking today. Uh, talking about some other interesting FGC topics. Uh, he's not talking right now. He's going to hold off for a while because... I don't want to talk over you because I'd be rude. Oh, well, that's very curious of you. I appreciate that, man. Hey, what are you drinking? Um, Oh, uh, I'm drinking a Blue Moon Honey Wheat. Oh, that's a very manly beer. And we also have Steve, Ace King, Offsuit, Jerk, Dabin. <laughs> Is it dead now? I think I just killed it. No, I think you brought it back, bro. That was no. that was excellent form. Um, and of course, on the ones and twos, we have Elon Roshkovsky. What's up, dog? Uh, hey, before we go on, can we thank all the subscribers that just resubscribed? Only if it's you that reads out the names. Okay. Uh, hey, thanks to uh, Blue five hundred and sixty one and uh, Space Dive. Space Dive reaching one year. Thank you very much. Thank you, Space Dive. One year of love and mistakes. And um, okay, well that's great. What are our first topics other than, of course, a recap? How about we just go to that, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I think we could do that. Um, we're going to start with the why is this not working right now? Oh, no. Everything's failing um, on us again. Let me see. Hold on. Do you want me to read it for you? No, no, I got it. I got it. Uh, so this weekend was the first of two weeks of Street Fighter League U.S. Uh, online qualifiers. So two rounds of, or two weeks of qualifying uh, to pick four players who will enter the draft through the online tournament portion. Uh, on the West Coast, it was a good weekend for Samurai. The problem is back. He ended up taking it over Commander Jesse to to uh, stamp his way back into the Street Fighter League. So he will be an available draft pick. Did they already Pro- announce the captains? Are they the same? Or um, I have not seen a public announcement as of yet. Um I would assume it's the top six U.S. players on the global leaderboard right now, uh, but it could be top six through the America regional leaderboard. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. Hey, can I, ask can I give question? a shout out to Akita right now? Because Akita is one of our easily the top three players in Arizona at the moment and has been for a while. And he got fifth place. And hey, I was busy camping, so I didn't get to enter this. And that's why somebody else won. But well, next time. <laughs> nice you, John. What else could you tell us about Ikita? What about him? Oh, he plays Dalsum, and he's the zaniest oh, bastard wow. ever, and all of us hate him, and we also love him. That's neat. Hey, can I ask a mm-hmm. question? Is stup- mm-hmm. Who's Stupendous playing? Is he still playing Abigail? I thought it was Rog and Geef, but I don't know. Oh, he's playing Rog? Okay. I was just wondering, because I know he's known for his Geef. 
Yeah. Dude, speaking of Geef, I was watching uh, some streams on Twitch. You heard of this? Yes. And uh, and Snake Eyes was playing Ultra, dude. He was busting out his geef. He 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 he's one of that's the, when you know someone's washed up. It's <laughs> right when that happens. <laughs> I don't know if washed up is the word, but uh, certainly is having a hard time letting go. I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm on that same boat, Daryl. Speaking of Ultra, shoutouts to the chat and the the good old days. This was nearby, so I thought I'd pull it out. Oh, you you, you play Goken? <laughs> No, I tried. I, I couldn't even beat T-Hawks, which was supposed to be Goken's like, easiest matchup, but washed up. So back to this recap. Uh, okay, we, we, we'll let you get your shout-out in. I got to get my shout-out in uh, because on the east side of the qualifier, y'all ain't ready for this man. Mojo, the man formerly known as Mojo Jojo, Mr. Porter, representing Minnesota. <laughs> He got the win in the East qualifier, taking it over IDOM. So Mojo, if you don't know this man, you are about to find out. He he is a ridiculous Mika. He is going to be in the Street Fighter League. I also want to point out Mike Too Strong, uh, also from Minnesota. So Minnesota, I keep saying Minnesota is nice. Y'all about to find out right now. <laughs> so was the grand finals? Of, I didn't get to watch it, unfortunately. But was it uh, Laura versus Mika? I would assume so. I didn't get a chance to watch it. You son of a gun. You guys were talking so much, and then you didn't even watch it. Well, I'm just saying, all I was going to say is, like, that's, like, shades from from season one. Like, the Laura Mika matchup. Like, we haven't seen that in a while. I still think Laura is one of the coolest characters. I'm sorry for having responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I apologize. (laughs) Um, I apologize for calling you out, Steve. I know that you're very diligent in all of your FTC-related activities. Um, Okay, what else you got, bud? Uh, there was also an event on the Capcom Pro Tour this week, uh, and that was Game Over Tournament in the Dominican Republic, which a few players are still there for. There's actually a, I know, I know this is promoting the competition technically, but there's a 5v5 going on right now uh, between Japan and the Dominican Republic. No, I know. Don't say that, Steve. I'm sorry. It's, it's fine. Just open. There's multiple tabs you can open. The internet works in more ways. Than you could one. open up Best of Five on five tabs. Yes, you have the and Best make, of Five tabs and make and make five emails. Yes, five different. No, don't do that. Sign in on all of them. Do, Get, not, do not do the, that. Do, do the don't primes. Don't do that. The primes and give us all your primes. Twitch TOS. Do not do that. <laughs> um, okay, game over. This was a fantastic tournament. Really good. Topic. It was really hype. It was really exciting to watch. Um, it, it, he's not – well, he, I guess he's on this list, but the guy that I had most fun watching, and this was actually on our Street Fighter f- – our Street Fighter. I forget if it's Street Fighter 4 still, but um, somebody was like, yo, this is the zaniest match of this tournament. And it was Smug versus – was it Itabashi or no? Against somebody's – somebody goods is um, – I didn't even watch Probably it. Itabashi. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I watched it. I did watch it. And I recommend other people watch it. In fact, I'm going to pull it up and put it in the chat. It was a good tournament, Punk. Uh, there was a little bit of discussion about this because Phenom got second place with Karen. So, and he had really just started playing Karen this season after determining that you know he thought she was the best character to win with. And some people were basically congratulating him on you know taking a few early season losses. I know our 801 Strider oh, wow. commented on this in order to finally come back with this. And he even managed to beat Fudo's Birdie, which was always traditionally considered a hard matchup for Karen. And he, he schooled him pretty bad and wow. managed to get second in such a big tournament. So, That's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, there was a ton of great action. This is a premiere, right? 
Yeah, that was a premiere. It was also really long too, because like all the like, the first five or six matches were all three twos. Seemed like ev- like almost every set was like either three two or three one, like a long three one. It was, I, I think it was like three hours twenty, something in that neighborhood. By the, the top eight. By the way, can we talk about that Sako Oil King match? And how ridiculous it was that he was playing Kage, and he was making Kage look good the whole tournament. Yeah, and he—it <laughs> looked like he was like. Uh, sorry, let me try that again. Take two. Actually, we'll edit that out and post. Steve, uh, smart. So, I'm pulling it Sa- up. Sako went up two zero, and then Oil King started bringing it back, and Sako like miraculously managed to like get the last round in, and it was like such a crazy thing to watch. Just because Kage, like, everybody was shitting on Kage for the longest time. And sure enough, here comes Sako, who's like, oh, I don't play these characters because they're top tier. Let me play the lower tier ones. And uh, and, th- and then we had that. And it was a great Can match. I say something about Kage? Because we're actually uh, over at Event Hubs right now. We're getting ready to do a three-week um, podcast series on ranking all of the characters in Street Fighter V. So we're starting with our bottom ten tomorrow. And there's four of us, so we're all going to offer our own. Anyway, anyways, we're focusing on this, and I had to put. If Vega's Kage not in somewhere. your bottom ten, you're quitting the show. By the way. <laughs> What's up? If Vega's not in your bottom ten, you're. Oh, quitting... he's in the bottom ten. Okay, you're good. Um, but so, but Kage is not in my bottom ten, and um, but I was thinking about this character. We won't spend too much time on this because I know we're doing a recap. But yes, go ahead. He, go ahead. he gets he gets shit on a lot, and I don't think he's a great character. But I think more of it, as I as I kind of think about him and I think about what's good, especially here in season four, um, I think more of it is that there are characters that do what he does better than it is that he's a shitty character. And when there are characters like Akuma um, that can do everything that Kage wants to do and get a lot more reward out of it, for the most part, then you're going to have less people trying to make Kage work. And when you have a character like that that... <clears throat> He doesn't get to make the opportunities that a lot of other characters do for free or as free as other ones do. And he has low life. I think he's going to get the uh, he's going to quickly be written off as written off as a poorer character than he actually is. But it's nice to see Sako doing what he's doing. And I think if more people put time into it, Kage is not as bad as he's as he's being labeled off as. Still takes a lot of work to be good with Kage, though. And it Absolutely. Hurt to be Sako. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's easier to not to, to do it with other characters. But I think that he his ceiling is a little higher than I think he gets credit for. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you know what? Uh, actually, so uh, one of the things that I noticed in that match that was actually really fucking cool to see was how Sako was using a lot of anti-air fire... anti No, not anti-air. Air-to-air fireballs. Anytime Oil King tried to jump off the wall. And then he would convert it for, like, a shit ton of damage with, like, an EXDP afterwards. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was cool to see like a bunch of those oh. tools that people wrote off being used in such a unique way. John, what did you just realize? The idea. Okay, so I think the thing that I have the biggest problem with, as far as Rashid goes, is the way that he can go off the the wall and basically put you in the corner and be at advantage and everything. And most characters have to jump forward if they want to try to counter that, and that corners them. If Rashid didn't go off the wall, Kage has that air fireball that seems absolutely useless. Maybe it was directly designed to deal with Rashid like that. Um, I'm definitely going back and watching the Sako matches at this point because it's very intriguing to me. If there's like a direct counter to that stupid move. That'd be great. And that was a really fucking good match to watch. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Well, they're all in Capcom Fighters on YouTube for your viewing pleasure, so get on it. Character still loses like 3-7 to Karen. Makes <laughs> sense. For specific matches, 
He's great. Um, yeah, I don't t- think he's horrible. It was Tokido's birthday. He won. Um, I'm pretty sure people let him win because it was his birthday. Otherwise, there's no way he would <laughs> perform this well. Um, they, they, they had to give him the plot armor. Yeah. Uh, there was a ton of great matches. Watch that. That has been the story of SF5 recently is that the top eights have been great and that no one new wants to play the game, but people are fine watching the premier top eights. And so that might be what we have to focus on as a community is like enjoying watching the events and letting the top players do their thing. And of course, if you want to play, playing it. But the level of play has been enjoyable so far in season four. And we've seen different characters do well. And most of the top eights have like you know six to eight different characters. So then, why is potentially the interest waning? Because the numbers have been going down, and it it doesn't feel for a competitive game. Okay, fair enough. But Street Fighter Four Ultra, even towards the end of its lifespan, was still getting some bigger numbers, and in my opinion, just like a more general sense of joy out of it. I think the general sense Mm -hmm. of joy, though, is part, and we've talked about this to death, but. The numbers aren't necessarily that much bigger back then. If you actually look, what we thought was a huge tournament back then was 100 to 200 people. I'm talking about the stream numbers, and with the time that has passed and the you know proliferation of Twitch as a medium, you would think that it would be going up. Yeah, I, yeah. I think games part are, of that. Well, go ahead. Stagnant or, or going in the wrong direction? I think. I, sorry, <laughs> I think part of that growth is because you know the. Street Fighter IV's life cycle was sort of synced and dovetailed with the growth of fighting game esports. You know, a lot of that is due to uh, the Capcom Pro Tour and what they were able to accomplish. And, you know, the success of Street Fighter IV sort of shining the light on other games and as well as other games coming in with strong entries. So I think it was sort of, you know, maybe Street Fighter V or Street Fighter IV their share of the pie may have grown or may have shrunk as time went on, but the pie just became so much bigger. Whereas now, you know, it's sort of the whole scene is sort of the, the growth isn't as explosive overall. So street fighter five, even if it isn't doing much worse uh, trajectory wise, it just looks much worse because it doesn't have that explosive growth of the entire scene behind it. Mm-hmm. The game that has, of course, uh, experienced some well-earned growth is the next game we're going to have in our recap, and that's Tekken. Yeah. Um, strong, strong event out in Japan. Well-played challenger. Another big win for Nii. He is starting to return to that form we saw last year when he won something like 213 events. I might be off by one or two. Um, <laughs> but taking it over Naroma in the grand final, a uh, strong weekend for for Nee's teammate Chanel as well, making top eight. Uh, look at the other seventh place finisher, though. Super Akuma coming over from France, making top eight in an Asian Tekken, uh, Tekken World Tour event. This man is legit. I, I don't care. He, he's top ten in the world right now in terms of Tekken World Tour points. He's someone who, on his day, can beat just about anybody in the world. I truly believe that. Uh, so he's he is someone who could make a lot of noise, not just at Evo, but rest of the season. Uh, not just be like, okay, top European finisher, but that's good for like 17th or something. No, he, he, he can cause some serious damage going forward. All right. 
Man, can I bring up something real quick? Because I was thinking sure. about this. Everybody's like asking for permission to talk on a podcast where we're supposed to be talking. <laughs> Just well, I don't, so, I don't usually talk. I, you I always like to get have in line permission. after a lawn. <laughs> I call dibs. Uh, so I was I was thinking about this. Uh, it's crazy how Tekken as a game doesn't really have a skill ceiling. Like you can always get better at it, and there will always be somebody that's better in making. <laughs> Somebody make a GIF out of Mike's expression reaction? here. Yeah, that's fine. How is that possibly different than any other game? Well, what I mean, what I mean is, uh, look at look at what's happening with Street Fighter Five, right? I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm not comparing games. Blah 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 blah. Uh, yes, you are. But go ahead. You are comparing. I'm you're definitely comparing doing games. that. Yes, you're right. Uh, what I mean is, with Street Fighter Five, everybody's found the optimal combo, right? Everybody's okay. found the optimal combos with their characters, right? Yep, yeah. yep, yeah, uh-huh. Not, we all agree. I'm still not following. Yeah, with Tekken, that keeps getting changed. That is so... You just talked about how someone just found a new Kage tech to beat Rashid air jumping. Yes, but it... You nobody, literally nobody, just brought yes, that up yourself. Yes, nobody's talked about a new Karen combo in a long-ass time, though. And I'm sure no one's talked about a new Kazuya combo in a long time. I guarantee those have been pretty standardized for a long time. Could be, but... I know it is. I'm not mad at Elon at all. I think this is completely valid to talk about, even if it's not as true as he thinks it is. And, and I'm not saying it's not. But I'm laughing at how fucking passionate Mike is about this. <laughs> I did get really mad. <laughs> Elon, I'm no. going to need you to ask permission to speak. No, that's right. right. <laughs> what I, what, where I was going with this is, had Arslan Ash shown up to the tournament, I don't think it would have been nearly as free as Nii made it seem. Steve? Well... We've got uh, – that didn't happen this week, but uh, some news later uh, that we'll get into that uh, may make that happen sooner than uh, we thought. <laughs> flashing. Uh, I, I'm trying to sag, and I'm terrible at it. Well, I, I, let me just uh, clench your pellet out here with this funny comment. Yeah, have you been in a courtroom yet? Or is it like just I've like – I've never cler- argued in one. It's like clerical work and I'm like not uh, an observation. To. Right? Of course, you're not, you got to probably – get some licenses I've been and in shit because uh, somebody in the chat wants to know if this is how flustered you get when, i when plan you're in on court. making only um pog faces and <laughs> can you imagine oh shit in court that'd be great um and you'll say the name of the emote right yeah that's how i'm going to speak <laughs> i'm going to say you know resident sleeper and to that and pog to that all right well that's fantastic um segueing back to this recap the most important game was played in Vienna, Italy. Uh, I don't know about most important, but... Most yeah. important. Like you said, Steve. Okay, 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 whatever. The most uh, important. <laughs> well, important? yeah, most important is a good one because we had seven nations represented in the top eight. Viennality, Viennality, excuse me. Uh, one of the best named tournaments in the world right now, right behind Button Check. Um it was also one of the few European stops for the Mortal Kombat Pro competition. And Hayate made the trip over uh, to get the win over Tekken Master, uh, Foxy Grandpa, rounding out the top three. Uh, but yeah, you had Austria represented. You had uh, Saudi, you had the Middle East represented with uh, Tekken Master and Shark Teeth. Yamini representing Israel. It was, it was a good international top eight i think there were some uh, greek players there and there were some obviously i think there were some italian players there <laughs> yeah uh 
Adosamaze. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, but uh, say it like an Italian. Italian. Say it like an Italian. You give it your best shot. Yeah, just just channel. I'm not no. doing a fake. Do, do it. Do it with the fingers. Do it. No, I'm not doing it with the <laughs> fingers. Oh, no. There you go. That was worth it. Thank you, John. I apologize to all of our Italian viewers. I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to say you're welcome to our Italian viewers because we're celebrating your culture. Um, at least John is. Yep. Breadstick. Um, okay. Yeah, I probably would be offended if somebody was like, oh, tacos, burritos. So maybe we should pull that back. Um, so then <laughs> moving on. It was fantastic. There was some cool uh, uh, gameplay. It also had – Vianality had the stage. They got their you know um, symbols or whatever you call it, their logos up on the the tournament stage inside the game, which is really cool. I like how they're doing that. Really, it was red. It was I'm cool. glad that they're doing that. You know, I feel like when Capcom did it for uh, Street Fighter – uh, stage of destiny or whatever they call it every year uh it, it feels like a missed opportunity because they do it for like the first one they do it for evo and capcom cup and that's it and i feel like that's a great way to promote your tournaments to promote the game inside the game you know expose it to players who might be interested but simply don't know how to get involved how to how to find these tournaments Hey, uh, Vienna is in Austria, not in Italy. I'm an idiot, sorry. I got tripped up by the Viennality part of it. It sounded like Italy to me. Yep, I'll take that one on the chin. Sorry, guys. Um, I was really excited to be watching that tournament because it's one of those things that obviously it happens all the time, and we got a low taste of that uh, in, at Game Over. But uh, the opportunity to see players that otherwise you wouldn't. It's not only guys that don't travel here in the United States, but you see them on your weekly all the time or at weeklies, but uh, literally people who you n- otherwise never see uh, on a <laughs> professional <laughs> tournament league stream. Um, it was really exciting. I'm really happy about that. All right, so that is it for what happened uh, on Pro Circuits this past weekend. We've got uh, quite a few events coming up this weekend. Uh, Obviously, you've got uh, the E-League tournament continuing, uh, but you also have the Neo Geo World Tour is having its uh, global finals Mm -hmm. this weekend. It actually starts on Thursday. Uh, So if you want to watch some great KOF 14 and KOF 98, you've got that option. Uh, A few events on the Capcom Pro Tour, including Toriyuken 8, Sonic Boom, and Fight in Rio. Uh, And then for you Tekken heads out there, uh, NorCal Strong Style. This is the 3v3 uh, Tekken tournament uh, that's taking place this weekend, run by Bronson Tram. That's going to be the main event, but the the part I'm looking forward to there is they've got this uh, side tournament that is rent or single button. So it's a high stakes single elimin- single game single elimination tournament. You get you you select your character via random select, and then once you have your character, you get to choose one button that you can use for that game. You know, I saw uh, in an old it might have been uh, running sets or something to that effect, but or it could have been a. Um... Excellent Adventures, but uh, F-Champ once did a one-button Dalsim match, and it wasn't as cool as you think it would be. It's just like, man, I really wish I could just watch this game at its full potential. I think that's I think that's the way most of these gimmicks go. Occasionally it's fun. I remember a match, There's despite the fact that I shit on it so much, and overall it was a disaster, at the Battle for the Stones, I remember Stealth 
had to play, I can't remember who it was, with his buttons mixed up, uh-huh. and he almost won. Okay. Versus I someone see, who didn't cool. have their buttons mixed <laughs> up, and that was exciting. But... Okay, well, we'll see. Maybe I would say most of the time, yeah, you'd rather just watch the people play. It's like, I, oh, I, it's a high... I think it would be different if it was, like, just that tournament as a standalone. But you're going to see that alongside, you know, these great players playing actual... Uh, tournament sets so i feel like it's a nice little side game with let me ask you this would you watch a rose ball tournament at like uh capcom cup i would not back back in the street fighter 4 i've already seen that and it gets boring kind of quick even though the ball keeps going fast i i I think you know after the growth of lethal league i think people would be way into it how about we just like watch lethal league because it's not f- as fun if you're not doing it as part of like mystery game. All right. Well, that that that's the joy of it. You set then it you up. Got the screen. The screen. <laughs> you set it up, and then we'll uh, we'll all participate by watching it on YouTube later after the event. I miss Tekken volleyball. No man. They actually had a tournament a few years ago at Combo Breaker, like an actual tournament with uh, with medals. I just love that that was a thing. Dope. Hey, Steve. Is that the yeah. end of the uh, recap? That is the end of the recap. I told you guys like two weeks ago after the tragic news of Etika's passing that I wasn't super familiar with him, and you guys gave me a recap on who he was. Now I need to know who Keemstar is because it doesn't sound like he's the guy that should be running a memorial tournament for Etika. Keemstar yep. is a guy who makes internet news videos basically about internet celebrities like oh shit so here's the latest about, drama like here is the latest twitch streamer or youtuber what's going on etc the drama between them um he kept up with etika all the time because etika was a big like you know a big sure. streamer and a big youtube personality as well and at very like i don't know that much about it but the the quick and dirty is that at various points he made comments like, oh, you know, Etika's essentially implying that Etika was faking, you know, a mental illness for the sake of popularity mm-hmm. or that, you know, just because that was the new thing to do. And then when he died, he pivoted completely and was super sad about it, which he probably is sad about it. But at the same time, it seems inappropriate that he would be the one doing this. Anything else to add there, John and or Steve? I don't know Keemstar at all, but he sounds like a dude that I don't really want to know about at all. That's about right. Um, you know, I, I will say this. You know, I don't know either guy on a personal level at all. Um, I will say for a lot of people, things like mental health don't feel real. Uh, mental health issues, I should say, don't feel real until they become very real. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he has a change of heart or, or he's had a change of heart and isn't doing this just for, you know, views slash Good guy points, whatever. But no, I, I, I can't be the judge of that. But fingers crossed. My question is uh, about this Keemstar Memorial Tournament for Etika. What does the council have to say about it? The council, the Smash Council, yeah. otherwise known as the Super Smash Brothers Conduct Panel. Do we know who all's on that? No, it's no. anonymous on purpose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised this exists. Um, because no, I mean it literally is anonymous on purpose. Like they made a they made a panel and they've discussed like uh, there's like a civil war going on about whether they should be or should not be anonymous, et cetera, et cetera. I get why they do it, but I also 
I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff going I'm on. Just, with Smash. I'm just picturing this like vestibule with like a little <laughs> fog everywhere and then like all these doors open up and these hooded figures like ghosts of Christmas future come out and they make decisions for the Smash community. Are some to of me, them there? The in Smash Hogan, community like is like a weird fucked up ant farm that I'm watching like fall apart and and then rebuild <laughs> and fall apart again. And, and, and we've been shit on on the show before because every time we bring up Smash, it's usually because some whack ass shit's going down. And guess what? <laughs> We got a, we got that in space. If Keemstar not doing uh, or doing the turn for Etika wasn't enough, apparently there's pedophiles and Smash, bullying way. of children uh, in the Smash community. It's just not a very good week for Smash. I don't even know. It just really wasn't. I can like, give like a think... lot of background on this, but I don't know how much background people want. On oh, which one? The bullying. Of a I, Smash Girl who I'm sure that has a one name. I know less about, so I'll let someone else talk about it. Okay, but both these stories have to do with Ally. I know a lot about the other Ally story. Okay, this is Ally announces his retirement, admits to dating Captain Zack, and the allegation is that while he was a minor, I don't know where to go with this or talk about it, but also the council, the conduct panel... The vestibule. Do you want a quick? Okay, convened. I'll give you. Do you want to recap on that one first, or do you want to talk about the? Girl let's first? just go. Let's just go. No, yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about this one here. Let's. I'm ready to go for this pedophilia topic. Okay. So hmm. a few months ago, That's a, a I never thought I'd hear on the show. <laughs> a I'm few, pretty sure it was, a, anyway, was a, saying, a few months ago, a very good Smash Four Bayonetta player named Tamim, formerly known as Mistake, started posting on Twitter. Basically outing, you know, he said, I'm going to get real. And he started outing various people in this match. They were doing shady shit. That were doing shady shit. One of them was like Static Manny for being predatory at tournaments. But then the one that he went into the most detail on was Ally for dating Captain Zack. Tamim and Captain Zack were very good friends. They were part of like, there was a group of like 15, 16, 17 year old Bayonetta players that were all in the same group chat and discussed tech and were all really good. Anyway, he outs this. And Captain Zack denies it, and Ally denies it, and Tamim is ostracized from the community as this horrible, horrible person. Messenger um, shot. Who is, you know, messenger shot. Now, we'll get to a little more of that later. Anyhow, and as more background to this, Ally is like 30, lives in Canada. Captain Zack at the time was 16 and lives in Louisiana. Um, and they were dating. Um, Where did it, it happen? Like cyber dating? It comes out of – there, there's very little details on what happened, Good. what was sexual, if it was, et cetera. But they were dating. Um, it comes out later. Captain Zack admits like this week that it was true. Tamim comes back and apologizes and says, you know, I shouldn't out someone else's problems. That was my fault. And it was a fairly mature apology for you know, a 17-year-old and I sure. appreciated it. Ally also admits to the situation and says that he did it and that he's retiring. So the question is, what should happen? And the wrinkle has been that, like, in both, despite the consent, age of consent being 18 in, like, 48 or 49 states or whatever, it's 16 in both Canada, where Ally's from, and in Louisiana, where Zach's God. from. Well, that's convenient. So people are arguing whether legally this is or is not an issue. And I think the answer has to be it's not necessarily about that. It, this is tough. Like, this is tough. This is a tough one. Like, what do you do about this? Because I think most people, including myself, their personal barometer is a 30-year-old should not be dating a 16-year-old. That's fucked up. 
Sure. I think that is legitimately fucked up, whether it's consenting or not, because there is serious question as to whether a 16-year-old can consent to dating a 30-year-old. What can you do about it if it's not illegal? I don't know. They banned them for life. They can do that. Uh, Personally, I don't like lifetime bans, but I also think if you were going to ban someone, it would be for something like statutory rape. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, Jesus. Uh, there, there. From what I'm hearing here, there isn't any actual statutory rape as far as the law is concerned, right? There if may this or may in not be. Right? Sixteen is the, the age of consent. It might. There's not enough detail to really get that far into it. I don't think anyone's going to press any charge or anything. Um, I, I honestly don't know whether it matters if they were dating at one point in New York or not. You know, I, I really don't know. But I. Like morally speaking, and I don't know how much room there is for that kind of conversation here. Morally speaking, I would agree 100%. I think that a a 70 year old dating a you know 55 year old is very different than a 30 year old dating a 17 year old or whatever the age different was. That 10 years earlier on is very very important sure. and significant earlier, and I don't think it's a good look. Um, but I don't think that that really matters when it comes to when you're talking about this kind of thing as far as the law goes. And, uh, and it doesn't sound like there's any overstepping of boundaries as far as that, which if you are the, uh, the sacred council of smash, whatever, then I think that's more the avenue that you analyze this through. And also I don't, well, as a response to that real quick, I guess the thing a lot of people take into account is in their state, it would be illegal. So the question is, you know, like, Great. Well, yeah, sure. But I I, I still don't think that it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that really holds up. Um, Again, I don't think this was a good thing to have happen. And I think there is definitely a question of character and decision-making when it comes, especially to ally of all people here uh, or of all parties involved. But um, the fact that he came out very quickly to say, I admit this as a guilty thing and I'm retiring. And he tweeted, is, I fucked up. and Yeah, he was very apologetic about it. That tells me that maybe he he either feels particularly guilty as it's, he's done something wrong, in which case I think that there's something to examine there and maybe maybe he should remove himself. Maybe he Maybe he needs to reevaluate some stuff. I, don't I know. forgot a small but important piece of background, which is also sure. that this is not Ally's first issue with this type of thing. Um, he had another girlfriend who now on this, on this, he claims that he was the victim and I don't know as much about it, but basically he had another public sort of issue with relations within the smash community. So <laughs> this was kind of to a lot of people, you know, another strike, whether or not that's fair. So that's just more mm-hmm. background because I don't know enough to go too deep into that part. His his bowing out kind of open and closes the case immediately. I don't think there needs to be much more if he's already the one removing himself. Um, so right there, you could probably just be done with the conversation and say, well, whatever was going on, he's not here anymore and has elected to remove himself you know, you know, voluntarily. Well, I think here, lifetime here's seems, my response to I don't that. Know. It, let's say a week from now he says, hey, guys, I'm unretired. Then mm-hmm. you can't just say, well, he's retired, so we no, so it's done. You have to make some sort of judgment. Now, here's the here's the other thing that's running through my mind. Um, you know, after this, he the uh, the smash board or uh, excuse me, 
the Smash Conduct or Board of Conduct, I should say, uh, which is not directly related to any particular tournament, but uh, whose rulings are followed by several most from what I understand. most majors. Uh, I wasn't able to get a complete list, but uh, a partial list. Uh, reported by thecheat.com on Twitter, uh, includes Genesis, The Big House, Shine, EMG, um, Get On My Level, most of the major weeklies. Uh, so this is effectively a lifetime ban from everything of note. Hey, uh, this council banned for life, uh, do you think that there is a concerted effort in the Smash community to clean up their scene so that Nintendo will finally get, kick off a uh, I get it, too. I mean, like, this is a particularly relevant issue within the community. You know, it is a community where you mix a lot of young children with a lot of adults. In a Don't let your kids play Smash. There's pedophiles. In a situation where they are on equal playing ground in-game, but obviously unequal playing ground as far as relationships go. So I see why people want to do this. And it's like we've had, you know, rape issues in the Smash scene. We've had other pedophilia issues in the Smash scene. We've had violence. We've had crabs. We've had pretty much tons of different issues in the Smash. This one's so tough. You know, it's one of those things where I'm really glad I'm not on the Smash Council because this one sucks to deal with. And I and I, I always think I'm like a anti-lifetime ban in regards to everything, period. But I get why they're doing something about it. And I am I, referring I, I, to because somebody's asking why is it smashing out the FTC. I'm referring to Nintendo launching a, an official league of no. But I see, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't, know. I, I don't ahead, think Steve. it's because of that though. I think it's because you know, at least for the last few years, when we've had things like uh, the infiltration incident, which there's some news about that this week, Can't or wait. the Noel Brown thing. Uh, you know, there's always there's been a body like. Capcom can step in and say, hey, you're banned from our tournaments. You know, if with the controversy with King J, uh, he got banned from Bandai Namco events for a while. So then there's not that in the Nintendo scene or in the Smash scene because Nintendo has no real uh, desire to keep Smash at anything other than an arm's length, to keep competitive Smash, I should say. So they basically had to do it themselves so that there was some sort of oversight uh, because there isn't that big governing body that can come in and do the job for them. Um, well, can you confirm whether or not you're actually secretly on the council, Mike? Blink once for Reggie's watching. <laughs> I firmly believe that it's all those hooded figures and they're all just crab people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did the cra- did the council set up the crab throwing? Like, yeah. what are they really capable? of? <laughs> yeah, they're sending a signal. Council. You know, it's like don't make us send you the real crap people. Okay. Uh, oh man, can we move weird. on from? We didn't even talk about the bullying of a fifteen year old girl. I think um, there was a. How old was this? Yeah, girl? this was earlier in the week, involving the same or, or the story blew up earlier in the week, but it's the same guy involved in both. So, so so some young up and coming female beats ally, and then what are they like? They DDoS her or what? Uh, this was, excuse me. The match itself happened a few weeks ago at a local. 
Um, Ally got beat by a 15-year-old Smash player. Uh, a couple players made videos about it to kind of, you know, go over the match. And a, sm- a small group of people decided that, you know, she didn't win in the right way. She won with... Uh, Isabel. Uh, Isabel, thank you. you What's know, wrong with and, that? And they, Is Isabel broken? What's the deal? Horrible. Really bad gimmicky character. Mm, neat. And Ally lost to this gimmicky character. Right. And and people made this a huge deal. They were saying that she wasn't, you know, that good. She got lucky only one because, you know, unfamiliarity of the with the character. Yeah. You know, they were making this this whole thing. She came out and said, "You know what? I, all of this attention has made me want to reevaluate things. I'm going to change my name." Um Jesus. and take a step back from the smash scene. And then people got all caught up on that so you know someone with a monkey paw was thinking hey you know let's get this story out of the out of uh the spotlight and the monkey paw granted their wish later jesus uh uh first off um it's her prerogative to respond to that how she will and she's completely within her rights to say hey if me beating a pro is going to generate a bunch of negative content or a bunch of negative attention towards me on social media. And I don't want to deal with that. She's free to, to walk away and change. And that's unfortunate. Um, but she's, it's okay. She can do that. Um, but also there is a certain line, uh, especially in the FGC, but also in real life where you just say, welcome to real life. People are shitty and this kind of stuff is going to happen for probably a long time for most people until you've uh, proven yourself in the eyes of the community. And that sometimes never happens for certain people, depending on your play style, the character you use. This is not a new story. This has happened to me plenty in my local scene. It's happened uh, to, to many people that I've, I've watched in various scenes. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's also a bit of the law of the jungle, especially in the fighting game community. I'm not saying it's a good thing, um, and I think that we should all do our part, and that starts with yourself, to not perpetuate this kind of stuff. But it's also like it's going to happen. You know, it, it's like you, you lock your door because people are going to, you know, because thieves exist, and it's like it's an unfortunate reality of the situation until, you know, further notice. And so um, as far as her reaction to this, like I say, she can react however she wants. But, uh, I mean, this is not something that's going to go away anytime soon. And I think if you're going to be part of the FGC or part of the Smash community, if you're going to be participating in these events, you have to go in knowing that this kind of thing is not only possible, but probable, especially when you're in this kind of a situation. It's unfortunate, but them's the breaks. But, but here's here's my question, though. Yeah, why should we act the same, like, like people do when talking about sports or, you know, professional athletes, you know, those guys for the most part get paid hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And part of the, uh, part of the deal is that there's this extra attention placed on them, whether that's fair or not, that's something that they grow up into, you know, this person wasn't dreaming of being like a smash player, you know, smash superstar making millions of dollars she's someone who went to her locals grinded up got a win and then because of that she's getting or she got all of this crap thrown at her you know Mm -hmm. why should we why should we act like that and it's 
something I kind of debate with myself too, because I, I, I try not to engage in the negative part of that, but you know, things like the recap that I do, um, the writing sort of, I, I help facilitate, I feel sometimes this approach of watching fight fighting game tournaments as a spectator event. And I feel mm-hmm. like when that separation is there, it's a lot easier to do things like throw, you know, throw a crab at somebody or talk shit about somebody who got a win, you know, cause it's not your friend. It's someone you have this wall of separation between your spectator they're on stage. They should be able to accept that, or at least that's the thinking that some people have. I will say as good news, um, after she said this, a lot of the top Smash players you know, like, you know, the Zeros and the ESAMs and the Leos came out and they said, you know, she's a good player. She deserved this. Please shut up, basically. And hopefully mm-hmm. that'll, you know, sway her to stay in the scene. We need more of that, though, right? Like, more people speaking up. In a place Especially of when you look at a fifteen-year-old girl beating one of the best players who is now redacted from the scene. That's a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. With a bad character too. That's like the dream, right? Like that's like every like non like that's like a bunch of different factors that aren't common in the fighting game scene. Well, the, the age at this point is getting less and less uncommon. But you know, it was a good moment for the scene that should have been a good moment and ended up being something that, that wasn't as good. So Shitty. hopefully yeah. people can harness it. Bad. Well, I, I would imagine that there are a lot Sad. more people coming to, to say, hey, cut this shit out because this is a really good thing and you're, you're raining all over this parade. Then there are people that are just attacking her for it. But welcome again to social media where the negativity is just going to get you know flourish and it's going to get highlighted a lot more than the positives and that sucks so i guess that's kind of kind of also why i say you know if you're gonna if you're gonna get out there if you're gonna put your name out there you're gonna get critiques especially on social media and i think the answer is most of the time don't read the comments i mean that's my own personal philosophy for most things it's like you know there's not much to be garnered there there's other ways of assessing how you're doing um, and, and things along those lines than engaging in all that because it's just so bent towards the negative. It just doesn't help That's you. probably true. It's yeah. so easy to say, don't read the comments, you know, ignore the haters, crap like that. You know, I, I feel like sometimes that's a cop-out. You know, I, I, I feel like we need to do a better job of calling that behavior out. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like at a tournament level or banning someone from events level, but just, you know, when seeing that saying, Hey, that's not cool. You know, just being that voice. And the, and the other thing that bothers me about all of this is that I hope that the reaction would have been the same had it been a 15 year old boy who won instead of a 15 year old girl. But I just can't shake the feeling that it wouldn't. Oh, probably. We know people. You know how people are going to be. And I guess I should specify that two things can be true at once. Um, I I don't think that uh, it's an excuse. It's not just to say, hey, to the 15-year-old girl, oh, just don't read the comments and then everything else carry on as the usual. No. Like I prefaced this all with, we should be doing more in the way of um, being positive and, and, and shouting down those that would perpetuate this negativity and such and just like you know shut up guys come on stop let's let's stop making our community look like this let's stop doing these kinds of things that 100 percent should be there but at the same time on the other end it's also nice if the people that are under this fire don't expose themselves to the fire as much as they they can well here's the thing the the fgc touts itself as such a 
great and welcoming place, and having something like this happen completely negates all of that. So I think as a community, we should try to... And granted, social media, we don't have a lot of control over it. Uh, you know, anonymity makes people do terrible fucking things. Uh, but again, as a community, we do need to talk about this shit and find ways to try and hopefully fix it down the line. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing, you know, people say, oh, we're actually so welcoming after shit like that and comparing it to other communities. That's true. We may be w- more welcoming than other communities, but we still have more work to do. One does not negate the other, you know things like this happening doesn't negate the fact that we we're making strides and we are in a better place than other communities comparatively speaking but the fact that we are in a better place doesn't negate that shit like this still happens and still needs to be addressed guys uh i'll tell you something that was addressed at game over and that was the apparent funk in the air um, PR Silver, or Silver PR, was kind of to tag us on a tweet here to let us know that uh, there was a staffer walking around spraying air freshener around the venue. That is important for the nostril health of participants at these events. Everybody's been there. You walk into one of these rooms, it's like, no, hits you right in the face. It smells bad. For some reason, we can't seem to get over that collectively. But um, did you shower today? I did. Elon? I did. John, did you shower today? I wish I had. I showered before. just after I finished working and before we started the show. Damn, so I don't fresh. shower before FGC events ever, though, or during, or <laughs> within three weeks. Before and after? Well, you got to fit in. That's a good point. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Unsung Heroes, <clears throat> we uh, pull up that gif of the dog because uh, Unsung Heroes subscribed a little while ago. Thanks for the resub, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. John's the only asshole that's not the grip on the controller. I just I started the whole thing. And it's bad. So you, the grime helps to stain your hands, is what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Buttons don't stick too much? Um, you must be on the council. Okay. <laughs> so um, wow. moving on, we have a couple of people that have announced that they're going to EVO. Let's talk about that, guys. Very excited that Arslan Ash is going to EVO. That's great. Because he's probably one of the coolest stories in Tekken right now. And uh, he has potential to take the whole shebang, and that'll be exciting because then I can hear Steve tell me about it. I'll tell you about it anyway <laughs> because I'm that kind of guy. Uh, but this was this broke a couple of hours ago. Uh, Arslan Ash worked with Eve Fight Pass, the uh, organization that Sherry Genix is a part of, uh, that helps players get visas uh, to compete. So his visa was just approved today. So he announced that he is going to be at Evo, which means that he's also going to be able to go to a lot of these other Tekken World Tour events in the U.S. because he's only been to one event so far this year. He happened to win it, uh, but it would be a shame for him to miss out because he couldn't travel, not because of a lack of skill. So hopefully this means we see a lot more Arslan Ash um, at events, uh, a lot more clashes between him and me and other top Korean players, top American players. That is going to be a fun storyline to watch uh, once the Evo brackets come out. Yeah, no more uh, passport uh, shenanigans and nightmares and just concentrate on the game and have a good time, put on a good show. Um, there's another person who has announced that they're going to Evo, and this is a little more controversial, and that's Infiltration. Um, 
Was there ever a definitive ruling on what the Pro went Tour down? banned him? No, but I mean, like, I guess I'm surprised by the warm reception he's getting. If in fact the allegations about his altercation with his ex-wife are true, the narrative it's, at it's this point that is that back. it's all garbage. And whether mm-hmm. I, I doubt that. I'm not giving my opinion on this anymore, but the narrative at this point that is that, you know, it's all garbage and that none of it ever happened. And so, and a lot of that is he has a lot of top player friends and I'm going to avoid talking more about it, but. Well, people apparently are, uh, among other things, excited that he'll be competing in the Samurai Showdown. Um, Apparently he's good at that game and we'll get to see that excitement. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think that uh, not enough has been said or done to clear the air there. And I guess it's up to you, right? If you don't want It's to... impossible at this point because it was all there and they did as much as they could to look into it. And his, his team dropped him. His team dropped him and the Pro Tour banned him. But now he's back and he's not, I guess, competing was with Street Fighter. He's, he's competing, not competing with Street Fighter. Was it actually that the Pro Tour banned him, or did he say, I'm not going to participate, and the Pro Tour just said, like, okay, we recognize Steve's that he's not it. participating? He announced that he was not participating at for the rest of that season as well as the entirety of this season. Now, my my personal belief is that Capcom came, up, came to him and said, hey, if you don't withdraw, we're going to ban you. Like they'll That's let him, they'll let him do Seppuku? That's what I. Oh, I thought they also did. So sorry, I was wrong. Well, I mean, we don't have to like like Mike's kind of getting. We don't have to delve too far into this because much of it has been said. But if we are talking about how I think the community is looking at this, then yeah, the feeling is that there either isn't enough information to to get a guilty verdict, which there wasn't, and um, and so like at best, that's what you have. And so, uh, or or you think that he's not guilty, and then you're in that camp where you don't have an issue with infiltration. Um, either way, there doesn't seem to be much in the way of uh, anything really legal or, or or you know legally binding to stop him from from doing all this. He himself said, "I won't go. You know, I won't participate in the pro tour the rest of this year and next year, that being 2018 and 2019." Um, and it feels like that could just as very well be like there's a bunch of red tape going on right now socially and such and like this is probably the path of least resistance so I'll do this but the the general getting back to like the general feel of how the community is viewing him it's more like yeah you're not here because you can't be here because you need to take your lashings in some kind of a social view and that's what he's doing but no one's holding above uh, you know above his head this idea that he actually did all of the things that were you know brought up all the charges that were brought up against him people are not widely seeing him in that light and that's why I think we're getting what we're getting now with people excited to see him and he's going to attend this event. He's still streaming on the regular. He still has plenty of followers. Uh, generally speaking, it seems that's how the community is viewing him. It, 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 it sucks that this whole thing has become part of the great culture war where you either see him as this symbol of uh, abusers able to go free because they're you know, because they're popular or good at some aspect and that trumps everything else. Or you see him as a person who has been wronged by a system that is anti-man and that is so easily turned against men with a simple domestic abuse accusation. At, at, I, I, 
it's just very frustrating because this is no longer about what happened. It's now about what we feel happened. Mm-hmm. Well, Minato in our chat is reminding us, and maybe we can get a confirmation. That oh, don't run, don't read that fucking comment. I'm not going to read the comment, but he's saying that the Panda Gaming uh, uh, statement was he's clear. No, they did no. not say he was clear. What are you fucking bar? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't, they, I, I don't remember Panda Global say? saying that he was clear. That's what this person in the chat is saying. Thanks a lot, jerk, for getting Donka's ire pointed in my direction. That's why I say maybe that we can get a confirmation. Not what they said. Did Panda Global say that or not? No collusion. You should have said objection, by the way, since you're studying to be a lawyer and all that stuff. Good opportunity missed. No, he'll just the, throw out fucking William Barr references. The findings were that he did something. That involved that that resulted in him uh, getting charged and accepting a plea deal. Now the the way the uh, the statement was written seemed to be very in favor of painting the picture of this being as something overblown. Whether that's because that might be it true, was I have no idea, or because clear they're that. trying to protect their friend, who knows? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else to say? On the topic, Mike? I really don't. No, I don't. I Should we block Brad whether or not infiltration is in <laughs> not black, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Jesus. Also, we should uh, shout-outs to the Digital Sword for subscribing at Tier 1 for two months in a row. Thank you, Digital Sword. All right, yes, block wrap. Let's, let's talk about Sam Show. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Go ahead, Steve. Um, Sam... Uh, SNK announced it. Well, there are a couple of bits of good news for Sam show this week. Today, SNK announced uh, that they and Athlon Games are combining to uh, put up a $30,000 pot bonus uh, for Samurai Showdown at Evo, which would easily be the largest ever for an SNK game. So if you if you got a shot... Uh, of making a deep run. You've got a shot at uh, pocketing some uh, serious cash. Can I give my quick take on Samurai Showdown right now and where I think it's headed? Yes, please. I think that I'm getting a collect call. I think that, uh, look, so this is one of those games where you go, okay, it's going to come out. It's going to have some hype, especially beforehand. It'll come out. People will play it for two weeks and then it'll die. I am still very much in the camp that that's probably the case. But there has been a lot of positivity about this game, even after release. Um, and and it's been very clear on what it wants to be. It's an older school fighting game. It's got old school Sam Show pace. It's not necessarily trying to do a bunch of different stuff um, as far as the mechanics are concerned. It's not trying to become a puzzle piece that fits with esports here in 2019 as far as the mechanics and the pacing and everything. It's being true to itself. Great. Usually that spells doom, but hopefully it doesn't because we love to see people in in games being true to themselves. Um, At this point, I have seen more positivity than I expected. Uh, That's both on the, like, you know, the the global level of people just talking through social media and these tournaments that are happening, Evo getting the pop bonus, uh, people showing up to play Sam show at, was it a a CEO and Justin Long winning that and people talking about it. Um, And also on the local level, we've we've had some uh, local events. People are showing up to tournaments. They're talking about the game. They're excited. They're talking about tech. 
um, and, and things along those lines. So there is more fervor than I expected. Now, I'm still guarding myself and saying, well, after Evo's over, sayonara, Samurai Showdown. But there is a big part of me that wants to hold out hope and go, I hope this explodes into this completely new other thing that we don't really have much of right now in the FGC, this whatever Sam show could could flourish and become, uh, because that would be great. I think that would benefit the FGC as a whole in a big way. And hey, we'd have another big beacon of something to, you know, for people to to come into the community to enjoy to watch and all that stuff. Um, so I think it's doing better than I expected. I'm still saying it's not going to live past Evo for like you know, two weeks past Evo, but <clears throat> hoping I'm hoping. I think it was a genius release time. I think it gave them the maximum chance for success. For sure, mm-hmm. you've been playing. Like you I've been playing it. It's fun. It's it's fun. And even though I think it has a shitload of problems, and I think John's right, um, I think it will live strongly until Evo, which for them is maybe all they need. You know, and maybe and maybe it'll have a great Evo, and people will want to play after. My biggest worry for them in Evo is that the character balance is so bad that we're going to have one of those ugly Evo top eights with three mm. characters. So, Ten tam-tams. Because there's, there's, there's only like 13 characters in the game or something like that, and you could not find a shill hard enough to act like the game is balanced. Like, And I'm the one playing it a lot. Like, It's not. It's just not. And I hope that it doesn't end up that way, because for better or for worse, and whether that's the way things should be, People perceive eight character top eights as being objectively better than, you know, four character top eights. And is Darley Dagger viable? She seems viable, but not good. This is my opinion, but she's on the lower end of being playable. But is she still Bay, Steve? Darley is always Bay. Agreed. Miss Daggers, aka Mrs. Jurek, she just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> She has the coolest windows yeah. I've ever seen in a fighting game. A giant barrel of, for better words, it's literally purple drink. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> Falls down. She punches the top off, chugs the whole thing, and chucks it. And it's easily my favorite wind pose ever. That's Shinobi's juice. <laughs> Shinobi's juice. <clears throat> um, that wasn't the only good news for Sam Show. Uh, just the other day, Wizard announced that... Uh, as of right now, Evo registration is still open uh, for another five or six days. But Sam Show has beaten the record for the largest ever tournament field for an SNK game at Evo. Nice. Uh, the previous record being 1,072 entrants uh, for King of Fighters 13 at Evo 2012. And that was the shirt T-shirt year. year. I still have that T-shirt. Uh, so yeah, good, you know, good. Go ahead. This is the uh, the first. Uh, I went to my first Evo in 2010. It was the year that Mike Ross got top eight with Honda and SF4. And I haven't missed an Evo since. But I'm not planning on going to Evo this year. Oh wow! No um, way. Yeah, and uh, it's sad to me. <laughs> Maybe not as much to Mike. No, I'm but, no, I uh, am sad. I was saying that seriously. I wasn't saying that oh, okay. jokingly. <laughs> you've just been you've just been gunning everybody today on the show. I no, no, I was sad because that's like one of the two times a year I see you. Yeah, yeah, we won't have to we won't get to do our shirtless uh, exhibition and everything. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just I, like just the, the no, stars no, no, aren't no, really I, I, I wasn't being sarcastic. <laughs> 
Steve, 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 Steve. Twitch TOS, chill. Everybody relax. But yeah, I'm going to be watching from the sidelines, and and that's it's sad boys, but it is what it is. So, but if you're going, Mike, I hope you have a great time, and I will be excited to hear how. I won't replace you. No one could. Yeah, irreplaceable. That's what we always say about John. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, man. so I have a head for what it's worth. I mean, I've been watching Alex Valle stream. Uh, Did you even Samurai have a Goken rival in SF4? Like an American Goken rival? I'm trying to, like, Shine, I guess. Shine, but he moved He moved away from the character. Because I'm um, trying to find something, offen- he- like an offensive person to replace you with, but I can't think of one. An offensive per- Oh, I guess it could <laughs> well, be Well, there was, like, Driftwood. Bullcat and Proud Strawberry. Uh, were the ones yeah. that I would get compared to. And then Infiltration played him for like five minutes one time, and so everyone said Infiltration, but uh, but not really, no. Um, yeah, because saying that replace him with S-Kill doesn't really work. Okay, so uh, Bonchan, B-minus, Street Fighter Five players. John, this is your topic. Yeah, so Bonchan, uh, we don't have to talk too long on this because I don't know how much people really want to talk about Street Fighter Five. Uh, uh, you know, Yeah, let's talk more about session. Ally and... Uh... Smash. Yeah, you're right. No, we should talk about this a lot. Anyways, it's something still relevant to me, and I think a lot of people that are still playing Street Fighter V, and there's, there's, it's a healthy game and whatnot, um, and Bonchan was talking specifically about Karen players and about Punk, but I think this really applied to the general Street Fighter V experience from everyone that's played in tournament, that plays regularly online. I think this kind of hit the nail on the head in assessing the way the game tends to flow. And that is that a lot of people can very quickly get to what Bonchan called like the 80 out of 100 rank, which is pretty good, the B-. minus. And um, the reason for that is, and these aren't necessarily Bonchan's words anymore, he only had a few things to say, but it kind of sparked this in my mind and I'm kind of running with it. So this is me now. Um, But the reason for that is because uh, a lot of the things that you need to do in the game to score 50-50 situations or uh, what I call just-do-it moves where you don't really risk very much but you just kind of throw it out there and it'll either get blocked and you're fine or you'll actually get a hit off of it and start gaining some offense um, are very easy to do. So it doesn't take a lot of skill to get up to that B-minus level where you're just tossing out the good stuff. Now, from there... A lot of people have a lot of problems, including top players, because it's so easy to be that good. You zip up to 80%. Like, that's no joke. But then how do you ascend from 80% up into the upper echelons? How do the pros do that? What Bonchan said was, at this point, you're not analyzing what the other character can do as much as you are analyzing what the other player will and is capable of doing. That's the kind of, um, at least the beginnings of that magic key to ascend beyond that 80 percentile level. And I thought that was pretty profound because as simple as it is, you're right. Like, you know that Urian's just going to toss out a tackle and activate into Aegis or toss out some knee or, you know, there's a million different moves in this game of, across various characters where you know it's coming and it's still so damn hard to stop it. And it still is effective even though you're very well aware of it. But it really, the, the place that you want to go to next is not necessarily stopping those things um, as much as it is reading what the other player is doing. And that means taking note of what they might be doing after a, after a tech throw. At once you guys tech, you're at the same distance every time. Do they stand there? Do they back up? Do they dash forward and try to take the space? Noting the little things like that is the next step. So it's very easy to jump up to 80%, but a lot of people plateau there. 
And the way to continue beyond that is to start taking note of the little things that your opponent does and uh, and sharpening up that avenue of your play as opposed to just knowing that the Urian knee is coming or the Rashid corner jump is going to come and still not being able to do anything with it. So as a Street Fighter V player, I thought that was pretty cool. I think I it kind of refreshed my view of the game a little bit, gave me something else to kind of strive for. Even if I was previously aware of it in some capacity, it's kind of more in the forefront of my mind. And I wanted to share that with everybody You want to be a B now, John? I'm trying to get to 82%. 82. Where do you currently have yourself, John? Me, I, I would say just above eighty because there are, I, I am a paying I am paying attention to those kinds of things. Um, I, I take the when Steve and I were at Combo Breaker and Steve was watching, I was getting my ass kicked by a tourniquet slash M Lizard, whatever he's going by now. And my adjustment was that I was noticing that I was getting poked from certain ranges and just started throwing out heavier buttons, and that really worked from those ranges. So making those kinds of little tiny uh, changes, I, I I'm capable of but I'm not capable of doing it consistently enough to start being a punk or a Tokido, obviously. And so, um, so I put myself at like 83, maybe 85 on a good day, but hopefully 87 by the next time we talk about it. I think this was, uh, remember the big blow up about uh, Mike saying that the level play complete or in character knowledge completely eclipses still stand that by of that. other games. I, I, this is kind of what I think, what, what they were getting at. You know, the, it's so easy to get to 80% in this game compared to other other fighters. So that that grind to get to that 95, 96, 97, it, that's where we're seeing the, the quality of play right now from so many players. That's why I feel like we're seeing so many good top eights in Street Fighter V. Yeah. And I think when you, I think that's a good point because when you do ascend to that level and you are analyzing it on that level, um, as it, combined with the fact that where Street Fighter V is here in season four, it's more footsies based. Obviously, the input lag has been reduced. A lot of those just do it moves have been nerfed in one way or another. There's a lot of room for that kind of play. And if you can appreciate it, uh, not only is it kind of a fireworksy game with crush counters and G and all that kind of stuff, but uh, there's something really uh, um, competitively viable to latch on there and appreciate. And uh, but a big part of it is 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 knowing that it's there in the first place. And I, I guess people kind of do because people really do enjoy watching the game. So yeah, I mean it's fun to watch, and when it's on, and there's. Uh, but I guess that uh, going past 80 is really where like the individual personality starts to shine as well, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I feel like watching, again, I'm going to talk about it again, that Punk versus Itazan match, it's it's exciting and it does have that personality. I think that's where the game shines the most for me as a spectator. Yeah. Um, check out that fight. It's on Capcom Fighters on the YouTube channel. Um, thank you, John. Uh, and you wrote about this on Event Hubs? Oh yeah, I put an article up on it. You guys, can, I think it's still on the very front page. If not, it's on page two. It's pretty easy to find. Um, the, I, I posted about Bonchan, so you can see his actually translated um, uh, discussion. Which thanks uh, a big shout out to FGC Translated, who's a, a YouTube channel that I think just recently popped up. But they've been translating from Japanese to English a lot of what the pro players are saying in their streams. And I mean, we've been trying to pay attention to what the Japanese players have been saying for quite some time. But this is letting us do so on an all new level, and it's much appreciated. And the translations have been pretty spot on. We usually have to filter them through our, you know, at, if we're going to post them on event hubs, we got to filter them through our resident um, Japanese translator. And we've almost gotten to the point where it's like, yeah, this one we can probably just do because it's been just so consistent.
assistance. So he's been really helping out um, at least the Street Fighter community in, in a lot of big ways. I don't know if, they, if they've covered other games or not, but thank you very much, FGC Translated. Sick. Um, cool. Well, if you want to read more about it, check it out on Event Hubs. Steve just posted the link there. Um, we don't have a ton of more topics. Did we actually have a mailbag question, Steve, or, or not? Uh, we had one in the chat uh, from Big for Lil, which uh, kind of struck me as interesting. Uh, order them from most to least likely to win Evo. These four players. Punk, Nii, Goichi, MKLeo. Oh, most likely to teams. least likely? Yes. Punk could definitely so win. So who's the best at their game more so than the other ones? I, feel like I, I think the least likely is actually Punk. Because, and this is my list, I think Punk is least likely because I think the competition is the highest and I think that he has had a couple rough tournaments in a row. That being said, I still think he's either the favorite or top three favorites just because he did win so many events and he is so good. And for all we know, he's sandbagging to some small degree right now in order to, to make Evo you know, go better. Um, How's, but, how's but, MK Leo doing in the Smash? MK Leo has won pretty much everything recently. And he is he expected be, to win? And so is Nii, but... Tekken's really competitive, too, and Nii has missed out on winning these gigantic events the last couple times. Plus, I think Nii is the safest bet. I don't think so. No? I think Goichi's the safest bet. I think Goichi's Nii... the safest bet as well. For Dragon Ball? He has been... Yeah. every All the other top Dragon Ball players, like Sonic, Dogura... Kazunoko all dropped it as their focus game. Yeah, you're and right. Goichi you're right. is the, the only one. Of the, Goichi of is not playing Street Fighter. I think he is going to go in there with the I'm going to win Dragon Ball thing. And I don't I agree. I don't think he might be the best player of the bunch of their game, but the competition he's facing at this point is the lowest. So I'd put him as number one. Nii versus MK Leo is hard for me. I'll put MK Leo at two and Nii at three. But only because MK Leo just hasn't been losing. And Punk because there's just such a you know, the, the field is so much stronger. And, I mean, it's hard to say near MK Leo won't win. They both win everything. But I would say I, I, I would put MK Leo as the most likely, or excuse me, second most likely behind Goichi. And I would say Nii is third. Yeah, that's what I said. Because, yeah, he is he's on a great roll right now. But who has been his demon over the last six to nine months? Arslan Ash. Mm-hmm. Guess who's going to be at Evo? Evo yeah, we just talked about it. We literally just talked about that, it. That was a joke. I'm sure it was. You're trying to cover it. But... No, <laughs> that was a good joke, John. You were joking good all the way up to joke, it, and John. then you said yeah, it. Yeah, and... that, that, that was a good one, John. For the books, then the joke books. Um, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> Punk is still easily among the top four picks, but the difference between him. And the rest of the field is so much smaller than, than you know, someone like Goichi or MK Leo that I think he's the most likely to Steve, call. Steve, oh, right. Steve, Steve. Yes. Beaver for the win. Just gifted a cheer once up to please no bully. That being said, I don't think any one of them is so dominant that at Evo they would get even odds versus the field. I think they are all still under fifty percent chance to win in my head. If you not even Goichi versus the field, that is the closest. That's the one where I debate saying it. But 
there will be a bunch of top Japanese DBZ players there who don't travel to as much stuff. I That would be the only one where I might give that bet. The other ones, no. I think the other ones, there's too many entrants to possibly say MK Leo will definitely beat all these guys because I think there's a chance eventually he, he runs out. He's I still the favorite, though, for sure. He's the favorite for sure by a lot. Yeah. Do we yeah, have... I try to picture like the so if you're talking about Street Fighter and you have Punk, you're like, well, what are his biggest threats? It's like you got like a Tokido and Fujimura, and Fudo's gonna get second, so not Fudo, but then you have Goichi and Dragon Ball Fighters, and you go like, what's the equivalent there? And I don't think we've seen anything from the likes of Kazunoko. Obviously, Sonic Fox is doing his MK11 thing, and that has taken a toll on his Dragon Ball Fighters performances. So yeah, I, I think it's by far now that we've talked about it, I, I agree with you. I rescind my earlier comment. I think it's Goichi. Um, and MKLeo, I haven't been following, but it's like he seems so matter of fact. Um, yeah, so MKLeo, I just keep seeing knee, and then Donka beat me with knee with the uh, you know last bet that we did. So he's particularly on my mind. So maybe that uh, got me to think knee was better than he is. But yeah, if we put Sonic Fox in here, I'd put him smack dab in the middle. Yeah, I I, I do the same. <clears throat> okay, so that, thank you for that mailbag question. I'm trying to pull an image here to share with the uh, with you boys. Well, while you're doing that, do we know like what the what the spread's going to be for Unist at Evo? It's hard to say. Um, there'll be yet again a lot like Unist for Evo is going to bring out so many more good players than any Unist tournament in the past has that it's going to be nuts because you're going to see foreigners who have not come to a single tournament that are better than the best foreigners that have come to any of our tournaments. And that, if you ask the Japanese, might be the overall favorites. Because from what I understand, Clearlamp is not the best player in Japan. Someone can correct yeah. me on that, but I've been told that. By, and he usually comes over and wins our tournament. But he's not winning for free anymore. They say that Red Blade and you know uh, Trill and them are basically as good as the Japanese. Or sometimes better than a lot of them. So... That one, I think, is more up in the air than any of these. Because even though Clearlamp wins most of what he enters, it's always close. And there's so many people he hasn't played that I don't think anyone would tell you there's a free answer for who's going to win Unist. Or even an easy favorite, really. Blue, who uh, helps run the Anime FGC uh, news Twitter, said Clearlamp isn't anywhere close to the best player. But yeah, it's it. That one's gonna be nuts. All right, y'all want to see these uh, images that I finally pulled? Sam's show will actually be more interesting than people are gonna give it credit for too. I'll say that while you pull up these images, just because Justin seems like the best player in the U.S. right now, and I think it's like the most perfect a game could ever be for a human being. But some real Japanese killers like Nuki, some old Sam show heads from Japan, are playing the game, and they're playing it a lot on stream. And with how basic it is, and I think with how good people will be at it, even in a month, it'll be interesting. I, I, as I said, I just hope it's not all Gendro and Tam Tam. Mm. Even though I'm playing Gendro and Tam Tam. <clears throat> all right. Um, let's block a grab on how good and or bad. Block if it's a bad teaser. Grab if it's a good teaser. Hit me with a block grab. This is a teaser image for Nightwolf in Mortal Kombat 11 DLC. He is either next or second um, coming up after Shang Tsung. All you see is the back of a boot, a little bit of feathers popping out his near his ankles, and what looks like a tomahawk or some kind of hatchet. I think it's a tomahawk. This is all you get. Is that Luke Kang in the background? I think that might be um, 
Shang Tsung. Yeah. Is it Shang? Um, but the point is that, like, this is a real teasy teaser. And as somebody who really wants to see Nightwolf, what's that? What have you done? He's close yeah, to like it. Oh, oh, oh and you enhanced. Uh, yeah, clearly Shang Tsung. Um, uh, Terminator, duh. No, I think it's Shang Tsung because it looks like his, the middle of his chest is exposed and he's got the uh, metal uh, little shoulder blades, sh- shoulder pads, and I think that's his costume. Anyway, grab if you think this is a good teaser. You're happy, you're excited, you're pumped, or you're annoyed. It would be a block. How could this be a grab? It's just boring. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. That could be well, mean. I think it's good for what it is. It's like, I mean, you didn't need this. It was just like, hey, here's a, you know, Nightwolf's coming. And like, I think that's all this is supposed to be. Yes, there's not much there. It's not like, oh, here's the, like if Nightwolf had some custom tomahawk and that was relevant to who he was or something like that. And they showed just that part of it or something like that. Then we can analyze it on that level. But I mean, he doesn't. It's just a plain ass looking tomahawk that doesn't have any significance out of that. He has that as a weapon. You see like the shadowy outline of his boot and you go oh okay well night wolf cool um and and so yeah it's not super exciting uh outside of the fact that it's, like it's the Gimli? first kind of little glimp right <laughs> or glimpse but and so i don't, I don't know what are we blocking and grabbing is it exciting no but i think it still achieves its purpose okay if, so it, like it would be a blarg. different matter it'd be a different matter if we didn't already know that night wolf was coming if this sure. was our first reveal it'd be like oh there's some mystery here that that that's cool. I I'd grab it. But no, we already know he's going to be here, and and all this does is say, yep, he's going to be here. We already knew that. So block. Elon, do you have yeah. an opinion on this? Um, I feel like they could have waited and dropped this at like, at like a trailer or something, and then it would have been a little better. Well, it's probably a scene from the trailer, right? It's probably like a could be from it. Could be. Um, is President of the World playing in the background? Because if it is, that that's an instant grab. <laughs> Okay, next one. Compare that to this frickin' teaser. Um, this is Sindel, which I'm annoyed that she's in a Revenant form because I actually hate all the Revenant. Yeah, I was about style. to say, the Revenant shit's yeah. lame to me. I think it would have been cool if it was, like, one of them. Like, I kind of like Revenant Liu Kang because that's, like, kind of who they showed off as being a Revenant. But yeah. when it was like, oh, yeah, she's a Revenant, he's a Revenant, they're all Revenants, and, like, here they are. I don't know. It's kind of boring. Man, and the other thing, too, is Liu Kang's been a zombie for, like, eight games now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Liu Kang is a zombie, whereas, like, oh, this is lame. Yeah, but okay, but uh, so you don't like the Revenant thing? I'm I'm on the same page as you. But how about they've revealed her entire character, the way she looks, her character model. She looks pretty badass outside of the Revenant skin, which I'm not a fan of. Um, people are excited about this character. Uh, maybe some of those. Uh, so was this? It, they just revealed still shots, or the, yeah, just a still shot. Yeah. Seen yeah. Is what, and this like, is a on this Ed is Boone's an enhanced tweet. version. This is much brighter, and you can see yeah, more where detail they post than what these? Boone posted. Ed Boone has been tweeting them. Why? Uh, this just seems weird to me. I'm blocking. Blocking here. Well, if you block, if you block Nightwolf, I get it. But it, like by those same standards, I think you could potentially grab this one yeah, because it, it better, does show. Better. Like, like if you look, like you get to see what Sindel generally looks like in one of her costumes in the Revenant form, and you gotta believe that with all of these other characters that are both Revenant and yeah. um, not, you know, living forms or whatever, that you know you're, she's gonna have something. Uh, more than this and it's going to be cool but you get to see like oh this is the color this is like one of the basic outfits it's got that 
you know, it's got some personality and character to it. They're the soft and kind of, uh, what was it? I think Maximilian called it um, very, oh no, it was Rufelmonger called it very breathable <laughs> uh, uh, aspects to it. And, you know, some curves and what, but that's all betrayed by the uh, the pointy edges and the the sinister, you know, she's got nails and points on the, uh, the ends of her shoulders and whatnot. So she's dangerous and whatnot. It gives you a feel for the character. Those that are particularly in on the, uh, you know, particular fans of Sindel will notice that her gray and black, I guess she normally has gray hair with a single black streak that goes down the middle. Something like that, yeah. um, and in this one, it doesn't seem as apparent. It almost looks as though it might be on the sides or something along those, but it's not as highlighted as they traditionally have been. You can see it a little bit better in this image because it's brighter. And maybe, the, you know, that's just because of the quality of the image we're even having that conversation but little things like that you can pick up on and there's been people that have really wanted Sindel she wasn't in the last game but she was in the story and um, she's kind of in that same category as Rain where she's uh, she's people want her in I don't know if they're, they're, she's a favorite but people want to see her in the game so um, I think this is good and based on the rubric that we seem to kind of be using against the Nightwolf thing if you're going to block there I think you grab here so I'm going to grab and maybe it's like the age of uh, instant gratification but I don't care to see a combat cast to finally see these characters like just drop the trailers let me see it and then great if you do a combat cast later I want to see these trailers I want to see these characters in motion I really want to see Spawn that's what I'm really excited about just how they animate them because I feel like they're going to run with that opportunity oh the cape's gonna be so sick and nrs delivers on all of those fronts whenever you're like oh man i hope they have this i hope they have this in recent times i should say i feel like they've really been delivering on uh on that they've had their finger on that pulse pretty well yeah the turtles were great uh so that's a uh i mean and just i mean the intros like they totally delivered on that anyway um any more blocks or grabs on this i'm a block give me the trailer i kind of like being surprised and i feel like this kind of took away the surprise of seeing the trailer yeah yeah because one of the things, the excitement is seeing how they modeled the characters. Yeah, exactly. Let me see it in motion. Yeah. All right, that brings us to the end of Block Grab with just those two teases. Uh, and that also brings us to the end of the show. There is no Ultra Chen tonight. Uh, I believe they were probably traveling um, or resting. They deserve it. They do a great job. Uh, Ultra yeah. David's uh, David was in uh, Austria. Mm-hmm. Oh, not, not, Italy. not Italy. <laughs> not Italy. <laughs> not Italy. Um, cool. That's great. Shouts to them and everything they do. And they did some good commentary over the weekend and... Anyway, we're going to call it there. See you guys next week. And that's been the show. Anything else? We're good. Bye. Love you, Mr. Bye. Wu-Tang Clan is for the children. (laughs) 